Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of the Yard, a little bit later than I wanted to be. I got up early today, had an opportunity to interview Coach Jeff Phelps today about Mississippi State's defensive line prospects. You can go ahead and read that article on jeanspage.com right now for free. Put that out there. As soon as I got done doing the interviews or transcribing, I posted that for you guys. Wanted to get that out there. Plus, I wanted to be able to kind of talk to you guys about some defensive line recruiting, some other things that are going on as they relate to defensive line play. And so uh, that's out there. And today we're running 50% off on Gene's page for an annual subscription. You can go by and get 12 months of coverage for the price of six. Just right now, go ahead and jump on board and get that done. You've been looking for an opportunity to get that done. Now's the time to do it. We gave you a free day yesterday. Made everything free, message boards, everything. And today it's 50% off. So go by, check it out. We got the, uh, we got, we got, I would say, I have done the math on this, but I know that we have over 100 years of experience covering Mississippi State. Well over 100 years. Because between Mike Nemeth being an SID at Mississippi State, Dave Murray, of course, uh, Ran the dog's bite for many, many years. Paul Jones, of course, has made a career of this. Uh, Gene, I think the only person, and I've done this to Matt on this, the only person in the Internet media realm that has covered Mississippi State longer than me is Gene Swindoll. And Gene, of course, getting a little long in the tooth for us, and he'll be retiring here in a couple of years. He's been, he's been threatening to retire for a long time, but uh, – yeah, we've got a lot of experience. You know, Robbie Falk is a guy that uh, came up through media relations as a student assistant and now is uh, part of our team. And so we are very, very in tune with what goes on at Mississippi State. Now, that's not to say we get every scoop. I would love to. As a matter of fact, when we don't, uh, those are the things that drive me absolutely crazy. But uh, that's part of the business. But uh, we stay on top of it as uh, you know, a, a former competitor once called uh, themselves the new home of Scoop. We are the original home and the current home and the future home of Scoop at jeanspage.com, the Mississippi State affiliate of 247 Sports. Listen, when you're in town, go by and see our friends at Bulldog Burger Company. Great food, great prices, great people. Two locations now to serve you. One right here on University Drive in Stark Vegas and on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. Well done, well-run establishment. You're going to enjoy your night out there. You can get an adult beverage. You can get a sweet tea. You can get whatever you want pretty much there. Uh, but you get that, that chocolate shake to go for your dessert. It's one of the only places that I know that you can get a dessert to go. That's really cool, too. And, yeah, you can get bread pudding somewhere else, but uh, you, then you got to remember you forget it in the car, and, you know, it just doesn't work out as well. Bulldog Burger Company, a place where you can get a great restaurant-quality hamburger. Part of a great family of restaurants that have served the Gold Triangle community for many, 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 many years. Bulldog Burger Company, the rising star of that franchise. Go by, check them out. Find your own favorites. You can get a hamburger on a regular bun, a gluten-free bun, no bun, a bed lettuce, however you want it. If you're a little bit health conscious, you know, that doesn't mean that you can't be part of burger night. Bring the kids, bring the family, order the spring rolls, make everybody better looking. Make everybody go home and sleep good knowing they had a great meal and a great time with the family. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people in Starkville and now Tupelo go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, let's jump into it. We can't even open the show, really, without getting into some just talk about, you know, are we going to play? Are we not going to play? Listen, John Cohen uh, was with Kylan Hill last night. Kylan Hill, of course, awarded the key to the city of Columbus for his stance on the uh, state flag. Whether you agree with that or not, that is a pretty cool thing to have, uh, you know, Kylan Hill be recognized like that. And there's a lot of national attention around Kylan Hill, and I think in many respects it has made his profile as a player much higher. There's a lot of discussion last year that he might come out and go in the draft. He likes to come back. Little did he know that he would be thrust in the middle of all of this. But there are a lot of people now, when they think running backs in the SEC, are thinking, oh, well, that kid from Mississippi State, oh, well, oh look at what he did last year. And so his profile has been elevated to the point that I think it's going to help his pro career, but also, too, uh, you know, his college career. But here's the deal about that. Coghlan's got to go do it on the field. You know, nobody is going to award him a professional contract based on how many all-SEC preseason lists that he makes. Coghlan's got to go do it. Now, Coghlan's a competitive player. And one of the things that he said last night that I thought was very, very important he specifically thanked Dr. Mark Keenum, Athletic Director John Cohen, and Head Coach Mike Leach. And there are a lot of people out there that uh, would love to paint a false narrative about Mike Leach. 
there are a lot of people out there that want to say, you know, Mike Leach is this, Mike Leach is that. Colin Hill himself said he was very grateful to Mike Leach for always having his back. Uh, that is huge in that locker room, not just on social media, because you didn't see Mike Leach out there tweeting about it or whatever. You didn't see Mike Leach tweeting a whole lot at all. But, uh, but my point being is that Kylan Hill understands that he has the support and the respect of his coach. And as a result, that will spread throughout the locker room. Now, listen, there are a lot of people out there. There's all these people that have these sources. And, of course, the sources are really in their head. They're not actual sources. Everybody says, well, this is what I've heard. This is what I've, you know, this is what I think. And this is what my friend who has somebody that texts him that knows somebody that went to school at Mississippi State one time. It's a big Bulldog fan, right? Because that, that, that's the chain of custody of those rumors, right? It, it never gets down to anybody with any, any merit. It's always, well, that's just what I heard, you know. Well, you heard wrong. I, I can assure you, based on the things that I've heard from people who would know, people who are actually involved in the process, Mississippi State locker room is very, very strong. The Mississippi State locker room, very, very united about this season. They're happy to be back together. I spoke with some people earlier today about specifically those topics. What's the mood of this team as we get ready to kind of get into walkthroughs next week? A lot of discussion about everybody is happy to be back. And it's not just one of those situations, too, where they're just kind of gleefully, you know, parading around town. I'm told that the players have really acclimated well to the new way of doing things. Everybody comes in, has to get their temperature taken, that sort of stuff, and everybody's using sanitizer and that kind of stuff. But everybody is taking care of themselves and, in turn, then taking care of the rest of the team. And so those things are big for Mississippi State. Now, listen, I'm sure there's a lot of that around the country. I'm not trying to sit here and say it's unique to Mississippi State. But I'm told the players, very happy to be working together again, And uh, as Jeff Phelps says, you know, having some camaraderie, the kind of working together as a group uh, towards a united united front, towards a common goal. Spoke with some other people today about Mississippi State, about that locker room. They said, hey, look, you know, what's the mood of the team right now with all the craziness in the world? And they said, you know, listen, by and large, they kind of appear to be unaffected. And so I kind of pushed a little bit and said, well, what do you mean by that? It's, well, they're, they're doing the things they need to do, but, uh, you know, they're not constantly checking the numbers. They're not constantly out there tweeting, uh, you know, the fear porn. They're not out there pushing things out there to kind of uh, gaslight other people. They're focused on the, the, the task at hand. They understand there's risk out there and they have to protect themselves. But they're not sitting around just waiting for bad news to come. And I know, I know many of you are, and, I, and I'm sorry I'm, I'm very sorry for you that that's the, the life with which you chose to live. But uh, I am optimistic there will be a football season. I have spoke to multiple parties this week about, hey, listen, just give it to me straight. You know, if we're not going to play, we're not going to play. And I understand if you can't tell me all the facts, but just yeah, let me know. What, what, do, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? And the consensus opinion is even behind the scenes is, hey, we're going to play. Don't know when we're going to play. Don't know who we're going to play. Don't know how many games we're going to play, but we expect to play. We are preparing to play. Now, one of the big things, and I think it's important to kind of understand this too, is there are a lot of people right now that are waiting to see what happens when we introduce the students back to campus. You know, your student athletes are there, they're working out, they're kind of in, the, in a bubble, but you can't keep them in bubble wrap. These are guys that want to go out and enjoy college, man. If you don't think those guys are hanging out in the Cotton District and having a drink every now and again, you're kidding yourself. You don't think they're having a house party every once in a while and everybody's taking their mask off and it's kind of enjoying being college kids. You're kidding yourself. That's going to happen. There's probably going to be some infection from time to time, but it doesn't mean that we got to shut down the country. Yeah, I've read some articles as of late that says, hey, listen, every time that we have a little bit of a spike and then everybody gets serious again about what they're supposed to do, people stay home a little bit more, they mask up a little bit more, and then the numbers come down. It's one of those things I tell you that tells me that, hey, listen, when we do what we're supposed to do, we can get some things handled. And sadly, there are some people out there that are doing things the right way that still get infected. You know, I read a story this last night about you know, a young lady, a mother of three, that uh, was actually making masks to sell in her community, and not really for profit. She was just really just trying to recoup a little bit of her, her expenses and her time. But this is a lady that is uh, making masks and uh, making SEC masks for all the fans in her community, and 
and uh, not not really as a side business, but really to kind of give people some alternatives. You know, if you got to wear a mask, you might as well wear one that represents you. And sadly, she's battling for her life. And you know, don't know how she contracted it, but uh, th- listen, there there are there are injustices in life, and there are sad things that happen. Uh, and so it's sad to see somebody that's trying to help and do something positive uh, be infected like this and, and have to deal with the consequences of that. But all that said, we're expecting to play football. Now, there is a lot, there's a rising school of thought of an 8 plus 1 model. Now, what that means, Steve, what does that mean? Well, I'll tell you exactly what it means. I'm so glad you asked. Eight conference games and a non-conference game. Not sure when the non-conference game would be played. But eight conference games and one non-conference game. I would suspect that we would play the one non-conference game first to give everybody a dress rehearsal of sorts uh, before you just kind of jump right into SEC play. And so we're looking at a potential nine-game regular season schedule, and I call it a regular season schedule because based on everything that I'm hearing, that the bowl games are going to take place. We discussed that on a previous show, but I got confirmation again from, again, some people that are in the know that the bowl, the bowl reps are saying, listen, hey, we want to be a willing partner to whatever you guys have going on on a college level. We've got to have a game. I mean, those bowl people, they work the entire year for one day to have their bowl game. And there's a lot of people out there, of course, that are going to stay home. And so what they expect to lose in ticket revenue, they'll make up some of that shortfall in ad revenue because – and the latest projections are that college football TV ratings are probably going to be at an all-time high because there are a lot of people, of course, that uh, are going to stay home and watch from home that would ordinarily go to a game. But also, too, with what we have gone through the last four and a half months, you know, there's some pent-up demand to watch your team play. You know, and and I, listen, I watch a lot of stuff now that I wouldn't ordinarily watch. It's because I'm just so happy to have something new and fresh and different on my TV, there's only so much Netflix you can watch. I mean, really, I mean, unless you're under the age of 25, I guess. But uh, there is only so much Netflix. I like to have some competition to watch. You know, maybe it's just something in my southern roots where I was born with that in me. But I, I like to see competition. And so once we get through this, what's going on with MLB, you know, once we get through some NBA stuff, and, and it's good for those sports to get out first, because I think it gives people a comfort level to know, okay, well, athletes can interact with each other, and as long as they're under supervision of medical professionals, you know, maybe they won't pass the thing back and forth to each other. You know, maybe we won't have those widespread infections. And so it's good to have that out there. I think it's very, very important uh, that people understand the protocols behind all that because there are people committed to bringing you sports. But there are so many people out there, too, that love their college teams that at this point, you know, maybe in the years past, maybe if you're not a season ticket holder, maybe if you're not a game attender, you know, maybe you don't, maybe you always watch at home, and maybe you decide, you know what, hey, man, I'm going to go dove hunting instead of watch Mississippi State play Northwestern State. You know what, I suspect this year you're going to be in front of a television because you love Mississippi State, you miss Mississippi State. We need to be reminded sometimes that uh, there is something to live for. There is something to look forward to a resumption of some of the activities that we love. So I think it's important to understand there are people that are working to that end. And, of course, there's there's no shortage of people that are going to sit here and tell you, oh, well, you shouldn't believe all that. We're not going to play. We're not going to do this. You know, I don't know how some people make it through life with these negative attitudes. You know what? Because you know what? We might not play. I expect us to play. But, listen, again, there's no guarantee what's going to happen once you what, – what's going to happen in the month of August – when these kids get back. You know, July has actually been pretty good. You know, we talked before about the month of June was so big, you know, for us because they're bringing students back. But July so far has been pretty good as far as on-campus stuff. You haven't heard about, you know, rampant infection. Of course, every so often there'll be, you know, one tweet where one school has, uh, you know, 10, 12 people get infected and it gets retweeted, you know, 20 million times. But then all the tweets about all the schools that have had no infections or currently have no infections – uh, those don't get retweeted because they don't fit the narrative. You know what I'm saying? And so it's important to understand what happens in our community may not necessarily be happening in your favorite college town. Simple as that. You know, listen, there's so much out there. There's so much negativity. You can find so much out there to bring you down. And some people subscribe to that. 
Uh, I, I believe that I am more of a moderate, but the bottom line is, is I am also not oblivious to the fact that uh, Mississippi's infection rates are not good. I'm also aware of the fact that, that, that most Mississippians have an underlying condition that makes them very susceptible to the COVID-19 virus. I get it. And there are so many people out there that have put these raw numbers out there, and they seem so overwhelming. And I don't want to diminish anything, especially when it relates to death or, or sickness or anything like that. I'm not suggesting that at all. But when you get a little deeper into the numbers, you begin to understand that, it is, by and large, it has been our elderly and our unhealthy that have really, really struggled with this. And so there are some, quote, protected groups that need to be protected. And so I'm not going to get out here and give you some, uh, you know, my political stance on this kind of stuff. I'm trying to avoid all that stuff. I, I had to dip my toe into it a while back and uh, reminded me again of why I like being apolitical. But the bottom line is this, is we're looking to go play football. And there are some people out there, it's like that they want so bad to be right that even when you hear something positive, they say, well, just wait, just wait two weeks. Just wait two weeks. You know, how about we just enjoy today? Anytime that we get good news, anytime that we have something to celebrate, rather than diminish that moment, let's take some time and say, you know what, this is big for us. This is big. Listen, I don't want to get too fired up here. I don't want to get my, you know, my legs over the line too much. But hey, this is, this is encouraging. This is good news. I'm not saying we ignore the bad news, but I think, I think you can get caught up in that too. I think you, there are some people that dwell on the bad news and ignore the good news, and other people that are kind of Pollyannish that uh, only want good news and sunshine and rainbows and unicorns. And listen, I, I wish life worked that way, but it doesn't. But when we get something positive, and I tweeted about this yesterday because I got, I got so frustrated. I'm scrolling through Twitter, and I, I unfollowed some people. I did. There's some national people. I just finally just cut the cord and said, you know what, I can't do it anymore. Because every article gets retweeted five and six times a day, and every article is accompanied with another argument about why we shouldn't play, why we shouldn't play, how we're exploiting these players. I have a lot of problems with that. One of the first problems that I have with it is, you know, the SEC has already come out and said, you know what, if a player is not comfortable playing this year, they can sit out and their scholarship will still be awarded so the sec has provided the players with an out you know and it's so funny too i had a discussion with a great friend recently and uh, we talked a little bit about you know I, some of you young bucks I don't, I don't know if you fully appreciate this it, maybe maybe if you can find it somewhere there used to be the old uh, you know the old show the junction boys about when bear bryant was at texas a&m and about how brutal those practices were you know well that was the culture in college football back then you know i interviewed howard lewis God love Howard Lewis and, and, and Miss Betsy. I, I tell you what, I love him and his wife. They are like family to me, and I wish I could see them more often. But uh, the bottom line is, you know, Howard Lewis was a big-time tight end at Mississippi State. You know, came here as a quarterback, and that was back in the days when there were no scholarship limitations and you'd sign 100 players and have 200 kids show up for, for fall practice and whittle it down. You know, it was a different day and time back then. But the way you whittled it down is you beat people to death. You absolutely put these kids, some of these kids through stuff that, uh, that, that you only saw in the military. And these were kids. The same age as these kids right now that everybody wants to go shelter. But there, I mean, Howard Lewis told me that they, when Ray Perkins showed up at Mississippi State, Ray Perkins brought with him a preseason training regimen. Part of that preseason training regimen were these hot boxes. And so after the workout, you'd have to go sit in these hot boxes where they would just basically fry you. And Howard Lewis told me, he goes, Steve, after I had gone through that preseason practice, after I had gone through that crazy Ray Perkins regimen, I knew that I could face anything in my life. I knew if I could survive that, I could survive anything. And I interviewed him out at the Starville Country Club, and Rocky Falker sitting there, and Rocky kind of snickered. And Rocky said, yeah, it, it made us tougher. Now, I'm not saying we have to go back to some of those barbaric practices. But for some people to suggest that uh, the young people of the day are being mistreated, you know, in comparison to what happened back in the 1960s and the 1970s on college campuses across America, is, uh, is to ignore the facts. I had somebody tell me recently when they, um, 
they walked onto the Mississippi State football team back in the early 80s. They had to bring some of their own equipment. They were, they were walk-on. They showed up out there, and they gave you a practice jersey or whatever, but uh, you, know, you kind of got the, uh, you know, you got the bottom of the barrel when it came to, to pads. Most times, pads didn't fit you know, because you were non-essential. You weren't a scholarship player. You, just, you, you go out there, maybe you could be a tackle dummy, maybe you're a guy to go grab the football and that kind of stuff and throw it back, but uh, it was not a luxurious life. It wasn't like it is today when every student athlete is completely outfitted head to toe seven days a week, 52 weeks a year, an official issue Adidas. And listen, the game and the program has grown a lot since then. I had somebody else share with me. When they went out for fall baseball under Ron Polk, you didn't like it is today, okay? You know, being a Diamond Dog's always been an honor, but it wasn't quite as luxurious even back in the 80s as it is today. You know, I interviewed Rafi Palmero, and uh, he told me, you know, they had the maroon tops. He said, man, it wasn't like it is today where you got 18 uniform combinations. We had the maroon tops. That's what we had. Guy won an SEC triple crown wearing the maroon tops. But this gentleman told me, he said, you know, we went out for fall baseball with Ron Polk. He was given a shirt, a T-shirt. said Mississippi State baseball on it. Probably said property of Mississippi State baseball on it. And that's it. Wasn't even given a hat. Just given a T-shirt. And as the story goes, and I'm sure if, if, you know, like most college kids, you know, back in those days we had a laundromat. I'm sure those guys got together and all pitched in their nickels and dimes and tried to find enough to go wash those shirts. But, you know, listen, let's be honest. We were all college kids at one point. I'm sure some of those shirts could probably stand up on their own after a couple of days of uh, duty noble field funk. They weren't even issued a hat. They weren't even given a hat for fall baseball. They were given a T-shirt. They were expected to wear that T-shirt to work out every day. And then after you made the team, in January when you returned for spring practice, you were issued a hat. Not hats, a hat. And if you lost said hat, you were then responsible for replacing that hat. In Mississippi State, no longer had any more hats. You'd have to go down to the local sporting goods store, go to the campus bookmark, and go buy you one for 20 bucks. And this wasn't back in the days of, uh, you know, Cash App and PayPal and everything else. You know, if you had to go call your dad and say, hey, dad, listen, I lost my cap. I can't go to practice tomorrow. You know, listen. You know, I, I, listen, I had a kid to play college baseball, too, and, you know, you, you, you want to be able to go get in the car and go give it to him, but sometimes you can't. Sometimes you got to teach him a lesson. And so sometimes you might mail him a check or you mail him a $20 bill. I mean, I get there for a day or two. You go down and make a deposit because back in those days, it wasn't like it is today where funds are always immediately available. You go make a deposit, and let's say, for an example, that we, were, we used to be with a deposit guarantee. That brings back some memories. But, uh, you know, my mom and dad could go make a deposit in my account, and then a couple of days later it'd show up in the account and be available. I could have gone and bought myself a hat. But you had a hat. And if you lost the hat, it was your responsibility. You know, nowadays you lose a sock, you go over there and stick, or give you another one. You know, it's a different day and time. And, again, I'm not saying that to demean our student-athletes in any way. I'm just trying to show you how much things have grown, how things have changed. Because there are a lot of people out there that are writing this whole thing, this whole, you know, this whole narrative of, oh, look at these poor kids. I don't understand what's poor about them. For some of them, this is the greatest moments of their lives. You're getting to go to college for free. You're getting to eat for free. You're getting to live for free. You're getting everything taken care of for you. And if you're not comfortable playing this year, none of that's taken away from you. None of it. Now, if you read the national media, they'll try to shame everybody into this deal, saying, oh, you got to do what's best for the kids. Hey, you know, it's at some point, you know, these kids have to make some decisions for themselves because they're not really kids. They're young men. And if they don't want to play, they don't have to play. But you know what? Harper Davis played. Harper Davis, who's going to be coming up in the Alpha Dogs book, you know, Harper Davis from Clarksville, Mississippi, always wanted to play college football at Mississippi State. Ended up going into the service. Fought in World War II. Was recruited by Alan McKean right there from the base in Corpus Christi, Texas. Showed up, on a, showed up had a coach come get him. He showed up and he memorized the playbook on the way, then got on the team bus, went to Auburn and went and beat Auburn in Birmingham. 
He was a kid too. Poor kid. Poor Harper Davis. You know, these are the things that I think about. And again, I'm, I'm not being critical of our young people at all. You know, they live in a different time where there is a lot more privilege. There is a lot more, uh, you know, resources and a lot more financial wherewithal behind college athletics. I get it. But I'm a little tired of the national media out here beating this drum to make it seems like that these college athletes are being mistreated. It's simply not true. It's not a difference of opinion. It's false. And I think it's important that, that people kind of stand up and say, you know what, let's all right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges ship right to your door. Go to Tecovas dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm not going to listen to this anymore. I'm not going to do it. You know, if Colin Hill came out today and said, you know what, guys, listen, I've talked to my family and I've talked to doctors and I just, man, I just don't know if I can do this, this thing. I'm worried about COVID. Everybody is going to be disappointed. Everybody is going to be disappointed. But at the same time, two people are going to say, you know what, I kind of get it. I understand. I don't know that I'd be willing to do that too. And there'll be some people out there that'll be critical. But the bottom line is this is that these young men are above the age of 18. And I don't know if you remember this, those of you that have been around for 24 hours. Do you know what the average age of our soldier was in the Vietnam War? Do you know what it was? I'll give it to you. It was 19. 19. Those poor kids. You know, they got, they got the, uh, I guess they got the, uh, the Army issue fatigues. And I'm sure it wasn't Adidas. I'm sure it wasn't Dry Fit. I'm sure they didn't get, uh, you know, you know, cooled filter underwear. Sure didn't work that way. And it's some of those things I think about, too. And I've said this before, you know, I think about my grandfathers. And I was so blessed to have my great-grandfather for uh, the, the early years of my life. And I think about, when I look back in hindsight, they seemed like giants to me absolute giants not just physically but the way they carried themselves the presence with which they operated through life they were giants and uh, sometimes I struggle to think man I'm not the same kind of man that they were and listen I'm a guy that fights for what I believe in and I don't I don't take any gruff off anybody but th- that those guys were better men than us. I mean, that's just my opinion. You can say, well, Steve, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of looking at it through the lens of childhood. I, no, well, I'll just tell you. You know, I, I think when I go back and I think about my grandfathers and I think about what they endured, and, and it, this, is, this, is, this is something that is across all racial lines. Our grandparents in Mississippi battled through some things that none of us have ever seen. Now, we convince ourselves that we have it so hard but in reality, you know, the lives with which we lead, I mean, just goodness, right now I'm just here thinking about how nice it is to be able to walk in from the outside into air conditioning. Not having to have that window unit running, you know, 
a little bit at a time just because my grandmother was worried about the bill being too high. You know, we've become, we have become a pampered people in many respects. And so we're beginning to see, you know, some, some character kind of rise to the top. But uh, the bottom line for me is I begin to think about is there's so many people out there that uh, want to take these cheap shots at college athletes and want to take cheap shots at college athletics and universities and that sort of stuff. And, you know, I see the stuff on Twitter like you guys do and say, oh, just, you know, for the safety of the kids, just go ahead and close it down. Does anybody ask the kids what they want to do? Does anybody ever say, hey, listen, what do you want to do? Do you want to play or do you want us to shut it down for you? I would submit to you that if you if you polled every college football player in the country, I would say with probably 99-cent approval, they're going to tell you we want to play. Remind you, too, Hawthorne.co, that is your connection for great-smelling cologne, great-smelling body wash, great-smelling shampoo, conditioner, lotion, anything that you need as a man to make you feel like a man, you can find right there at Hawthorne.co. A lot of people have asked me, Steve, you know, are you just saying this because, uh, you know, these are a sponsor? No, I could have terminated this contract a long time ago. They've renewed with me a couple times because every time they say, hey, we'd like to renew with you, how do you feel? Let's do it. Because I think I'm doing you guys a service by turning you on to Hawthorne.co. And use promo code Boneyard when you go. Save yourself a little cash. But also, too, take that two-minute quiz. And I don't think it takes two minutes. Go take the quiz. You input your preferences. They pair you up with product that best fits you. And I think it's important for you to do that because nobody ever taught us how to, tell, how to buy cologne. If you're like me, you probably started out grabbing your dad's old spice, right? And then you got in high school and you found out, oh, well, there's these ads, you know, in Hit Parader Magazine or in Rolling Stone. Oh, well, let me go try that, you know. And so find out what works for you. Again, go to hawthorne.co, promo code Boneyard. Check it out, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O, Promo code Boneyard. You'll be glad you did. All right, top 10 list today comes, and it's football-related, not music today. And I got a bunch of top 10 list suggestions. Keep them coming. Uh, and a lot of people have said, hey, Steve, I don't, I don't need the credit. I just want to hear you talk about it, and I appreciate that. But um, you know, today's top 10 list, as soon as I read it, I said, you know what? This is going to the top of the list. And this comes to our friend from our friend Chris Allen. Chris says, Steve, How about ranking the top 10 fictional football players? Oh, I I loved it. I absolutely love the topic. I spent a lot of time on this. I probably could have put a two deep together. That's how much I enjoyed this topic, but I didn't. But I do have several honorable mentions. And so listen, so some of these, okay, there are some football movies that are kind of loosely based on a true story. Uh, There are other ones that are kind of biopics. Like I didn't like Rudy Rudiger is not on the list, Um, you know, the one with Marky Mark when he was the, the Philadelphia Eagle, undefeated, I guess, is it. Uh, he didn't make the list. But those, cause those, are, you know, those are biopics of real people. But there are some of these characters that are kind of loosely based on characters, or on real people. So, but, so here's my list. Most of these are not in any way representative of a uh, real person. So... Honorable mentions, and there are several. I'm going to run these down. Uh, Julius Campbell from Remember the Titans. I'm a big Julius Campbell fan. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, that guy actually played Jimi Hendrix in a Jimi Hendrix movie, too. Pretty good job there. But uh, Julius Campbell, I didn't think he was the best defender on the Remember the Titans defense. Uh, You know, Petey did a good job at safety back there. The former running back. The running back, y'all. PD uh, took over at safety, did a good job for you. But uh, Joe Kane from the program, you remember Kane is able. Love the program. It's a great movie. Omar Epps, Darnell Jefferson, one of the better players in there. Uh, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that movie introduced us to Halle Berry. I believe that is her first major motion picture. It's Autumn. Beautiful woman. Did a great job. And uh, she turned down the guy that ended up being the fullback, Ray, for Darnell Jefferson. But uh, great movie. If you haven't seen it, kids, the program was great. They had to reshoot it because uh, they were trying to, uh, I guess maybe I shouldn't tell that story. But there was a scene they cut from it because high school kids were going out trying to prove their toughness and got killed. So maybe I won't tell that story. Uh, So here are some guys from Varsity Blues that didn't make the list. Now, I love Varsity Blues. I've probably seen it 50 times. Uh, 
I didn't go with Lance Harbor because Lance can't stay healthy despite his ride from Florida State. I didn't go with Lance Harbor. I didn't go with John Mox, and I think John Mox is probably a Sunbelt quarterback. Now, I didn't go with Tweeter. I know Tweeter was a, would have been a great guy to party with, but he's too small for Division I football. I didn't go with Tweeter. Uh, Lucy from Unnecessary Roughness was played by Kathy Ireland, and she was included for obvious reasons. Love Kathy Ireland. All right, so let's get to the list. There was a guy from Varsity Blues that made the list, and I'm going with Billy Bob. we got to have somebody up front. we got to have somebody with a little personality. we got to have somebody willing to catch the hook and ladder, baby. We went Billy Bob all the way. Billy Bob, Billy Bob, Billy Bob. Number nine from, uh, for me was Phil Elliott, wide receiver, played by Nick Nolte. I guess it's North Dallas 40. Uh, Nick Nolte, one of America's finest actors. It's always interesting to me that Nick doesn't get enough credit. Nick was part of another movie that is uh, that's mentioned later in the in the list. Number eight from the, and I, I started not to do this one, but the, this character was so much better. But Cheeseburger Eddie, played by Terry Crews in The Longest Yard. Of course, I like the original Longest Yard better. You know, with Burt Reynolds, it's a much better movie. It wasn't nearly as silly as uh, as the remake was. But uh, Cheeseburger Eddie, I thought was a great character. And a good football player. Number seven from the Nick Nolte film Point Break, we're going John of Utah. I would have had him higher on the list. I love Point Break. There's so many great lines in that movie for living. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's some things you take away from that movie you feel really good about. But John of Utah had his knee nuked but uh, beat Ohio State, right? He played for Ohio State. But uh, the movie's great, and Nick Nolte was uh, his partner because, you know, John of Utah went undercover. Uh, to uh, to infiltrate the the group of bank robbers and you, you young folks don't don't watch the remake go watch the original with Patrick Swayze and uh, to Keanu Reeves Nick Nolte it is a great movie one of the most underappreciated movies of that era I cannot believe they remade that movie there's there's some movies you don't mess with this is one of them and I, and I refuse to watch the 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 remake of Footloose too y'all can have that you 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 can miss me with all of that. All right, number six for me, cornerback Trumaine from the movie Wildcats. You know, Goldie Hawn was a football coach. The movie Wildcats was a great movie. Woody Harrelson was a quarterback. Some great lines in that movie, but uh, Wesley Snipes played Trumaine. He was great. Did a, did a great job in the movie. And it's, you go back and watch that movie, there are a lot of young stars in that movie that were really kind of getting their start uh, in major motion pictures. But that's a good one. Number five for me, though, the heart of the Titan defense for Coach Herman Boone is Gary Bertier. And this is loosely based on a true story. Gary Bertier, of course, uh, you know, was injured in a car accident and ended up being a, uh, a paraplegic, I guess, and uh, went to the Olympics the, uh, and won some big stuff. So Gary Bertier, I got to go strong side. Sorry, Julius. Number four for me, and I would have went higher, but, you know, this is more of a caricature rather than a character. It's Bobby Boucher, you know, from the Mud Dogs. And uh, listen, it was a it's a cool movie. It's funny, very entertaining, but it really wasn't a serious football movie. Uh, and I'm a big Adam Sandler fan. I loved Uncut Gems. Thought it was a great departure from his normal stuff. But uh, I liked the silliness of the movie. Uh, but again, I I can't justify putting them in the top the top three. Okay, number three for me. From Friday Night Lights, the series. And one of the reasons that I didn't go with the movie is because the movie is all based on real people. And I love the movie. I read the book before the movie came out. When the movie came out, I was like, I cannot wait for this. I've been waiting for this for years. The Friday Night Lights, the book, is incredible. And if you if you are a fan of that series, you need to get the book because there's some things in there that, 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 that weren't covered in the movie or the TV series. But i got to go with Smash Williams, baby. Smash Williams kind of made things happen. And listen, you know, we could we could talk about Jason Street. Uh, we could talk about um, Matt Saracen. I'm going Smash because listen, we got to run the football, man. We got to be able to stop the run. We got to be able to run the football. And uh, I think Smash Williams gives us our best opportunity to do that. Number two for me on the skill side, a guy that was all heart, 
a guy that told us to show him the money. It's Rod Tidwell from Jerry Maguire, a great character, great football player. We got him on the way up. You know, we got to see Rod Tidwell when he was kind of a uh, third and fourth receiver, but uh, played his way into superstardom. Uh, loved the movie. A lot of great, a lot, lot, lot of good stuff in there in that movie. Not just funny stuff, but uh, so there were some other things in there too that uh, kind of some words for living. But number one for me, the meanest, toughest, red-headed yard dog to ever grace the silver screen, Alvin Mack, linebacker from the program. And he absolutely killed Mississippi State in that game. I don't know if you if you guys have seen the program, but you'll know it. Uh, ESU opens the season by beating Mississippi State, and Alvin Mack hit our running back so hard that he was blowing snot bubbles. And I don't I don't think it's funny, but I respect it. And so Alvin Mack, of course, saw his college career come to a tragic close uh, due to a major knee injury. And I remember, uh, you know, Coach saying, "Hey, Coach, hey." Alvin, you're the best dadgum linebacker I ever coached. And so Alvin Mack played the game the right way. So that's the list. You may disagree, but I thought it was a fun list. I was really excited about this one because, listen, we could talk music. But this is one that kind of got me excited because I wanted to talk a little football. But, uh, you know, it's it's fun to have something fun to talk about, you know, in addition to, to all this negativity. So, so there we go. Campus Bookmark, longtime sponsors of the show, man. Stand and man, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, the whole crew there will treat you like family because you are family in their eyes. Go by and see them. And if you can't make it to town, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. You're looking for Mississippi State masks. I know there's a lot of people out there saying, hey, Steve, if I got to wear one of these masks, I want to have something cool that represents me. You can get Mississippi State mask right there, campusbookmart.net, and buy a whole bunch of them because Promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson, will get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Order one for the whole family. Again, you know, there's a lot of discussion. You know, kids going back to school, you're going to have to wear masks. And so don't wait until it's too late. Don't wait until it's the back-to-school push, which is coming sooner rather than later, to order your mask. Go ahead and do it now so you get what you want and you don't send your kid, you know, to school wearing, you know, some Pro Wings mask or something like that. That's an old reference for you 80s kids. But you understand what I'm saying. Campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR. Okay, so a few more things I want to get into uh, today before we get out of here. A uh, lot of discussion about baseball, and I hope to have uh, have an opportunity to talk to some baseball stuff here in the coming, in the, in the coming weeks uh, because I, we got fall baseball coming up too. And that's one of the things that people kind of forget about is like, okay, all this focus is on football. Well, what's going to happen with baseball? Because fall baseball is kind of where you separate, you know, kind of the sheep from the goats. You, know, you need that to kind of figure this thing out and say, okay, who's going to be able to contribute? Who are some of these guys that are walking on that maybe could could make the team? Not to mention, you got to start setting your rotation. You got to figure out your lineup. And so Chris Lamontis and that group have a lot to kind of figure out. And so what's going to happen with fall ball practice what's going to happen what kind of restrictions are we going to have uh, for those guys you know we focused all this attention on football because of the fact that you know football pays the bills but uh, baseball is also affected by all this uh, and if you're aware of this Ben Howland and uh, his crew are already working out with the team and uh, there's workouts going on and saw coach Howland with his mask on and his face shield this is a guy that's not taking anything for granted and so I think that stuff's interesting, too. Paul Jones, of course, is going to have some access for us here in a couple of weeks. And we'll start previewing some of that because, it, listen, it's not just football that is, is impacted. And it's one of those things, too. We are a baseball school, and there are a lot of people that think about baseball year-round. You can go, go to our baseball message board over on Gene's page, and, and you can get into a baseball discussion at any point uh, and kind of find out what's going on. Gene Swindoll right now is uh, – Tucked away for a few more days out there on the road at some AAU events uh, covering some women's basketball stuff. You know, we kind of committed to that and uh, wanted to make sure that because you guys loved women's basketball, we wanted to kind of give more insight into the players Mississippi State was recruiting. Listen, you, you try something new and you see if it works. I mean, that's one of the things we can do with an army of folks that we have. We can be a lot more comprehensive in our coverage of recruiting in all sports. And so uh, we've got – you know, multiple people working on college football stuff. We've got multiple people working on college baseball. And now we're bringing 
Uh, Nick Hayes aboard and doing a good job with him, and uh, work, he's working alongside with Robbie Falk on uh, the women's basketball stuff. Now, Robbie, of course, will continue to be the authority on Mississippi State women's basketball. He's still going to be – you saw last year he covered home and away. I mean, Robbie's committed to doing that. So we're trying to supplement that work, of course, by you know going out, going to some AAU events and having a chance to see the players, get pictures, and not just have to, to depend on other people to provide us with scouting reports. We want to be able to go out there and see them and have that information for you. Same thing we've done with baseball for years. Same thing we've done with football. And I, I can share with you, there are so many Mississippi State commitments that uh, we need senior film on. And uh, we're not going to sit around and just kind of wait for everybody else to do it. We're going to get on the road, and we're going to call some people, and we're going to do some things to kind of bring those players to you to give you a better idea of who they are and what they are and what they've got going on. So I mentioned earlier in the show that I spoke with uh, Jeff Phelps. One of the things I asked Coach, I said, you know, Coach, I know you can't mention any names, but, uh, you know, how many defensive linemen are you recruiting? And uh, he said, you know, it's, it's going to be three. I mean, we're looking to sign three guys. And, uh, you know, it's a different front, you know, because we're, we're running basically – it's, we call it a 3-3-5, but a lot, that Sam linebacker is, you know, it's really a 3-4. You know what I'm saying? Because the Sam sometimes will line up as a 7-tech you know, outside on the edge like we did with Montez Webb. But other times we're going to drop him back into coverage. And so it's a little different than a 3-4, but at its heart it is basically a three-man front where you've got that guy that serves basically as a rover. But, uh, you know, we're going to go out and get a couple defensive ends and we're going to go out and get a defensive tackle. That's what we're looking to do. And uh, the defensive tackle situation is a little different now because you're not necessarily going to sign, you know, true three techs uh, the way you did in the 4-3 alignment. Uh, you know, you'll have some guys now that can kind of eat up a double team and kind of free up those linebackers. And so that'll be interesting because this year it, there is an absolute absentee uh, policy when it comes to defensive linemen in the state of Mississippi. Ty Cooper out of Louisville or Louisville, forgive me. I always get hung up with that. Forgive me, you folks in Winston County. But Ty Cooper grew up a Mississippi State guy, and I know there are some people down there on the old Miss side of things that are, hey, listen, you know, there was a couple of kids that we had come through here that Mississippi State didn't recruit, and they're up at Ole Miss, and they're having a good experience, and so you should go be with them. And so that kind of created a little bit of pause. But at the end of the day, uh, I still expect Ty Cooper to be a part of this class, and I think that's huge because, in, in my opinion, right now, he is the only defensive lineman in this state that I would say, that guy is for sure a power five guy, for sure. I like Devin Smith to Biloxi, and it's one of those things, too, for a long time I said this kid's got to play offensive line. But the more that I look at him, and I saw those pictures of him after the, uh, you know, the Under Armour showcase they had at Vicksburg, and you begin to kind of look at him and say, you know what, I could see this guy playing interior D-line. I worry a little bit about leverage with a guy that's as long and tall as he is, but uh, that's another guy, too, that I could see. Uh, and, again, it's one of those things, too, where you begin to look at measurables, and you can kind of eliminate some really good football players from your board if you stick to, like, the traditional numbers and say, okay, listen, we've got to have a defensive end that is 6'5", 240 out of high school, and we're going to put 25 pounds on him, and uh, – and not hurt his dexterity, we're going to help him get stronger. Well, you know, these guys are going to play with their hands in the dirt. And so you got to go out and recruit some guys that are a little bit bigger, got a little more girth to them. And so it's going to be a different dynamic. We're going to be recruiting a different skill set. But the bottom line is this, is we need guys that can go make plays for us. And uh, a lot of people have asked questions, Steve, what are your impressions about defensive line recruiting? And I'll tell you, I don't know that you can judge defensive line recruiting this year fairly for a lot of reasons the number one it's because there is there just aren't many defensive linemen in the state of Mississippi this year and number two there's some kids out there hiding in the reeds we hadn't been had a chance to get to go see we didn't get a chance to invite them to campus for camp we hadn't had a chance to go out and see them in spring evaluation and so there are some other names out there there's some other players out there that will become kind of front and center on the radar as we get a little deeper into this thing. Once coaches have a chance to get out and go see some guys, then, you, then you're going to see film and you're going to be like, oh, man, how in the world did this kid uh, you know, kind of go undetected by us this late? It doesn't mean that they were undetected. It's just that we didn't decide to go on them until we had a chance to get some more information. And so I think it's important. And, again, I don't believe you can ever pass judgment on recruiting efforts in July. And I know that you know the, the folks up the road at Oxford are – are worried about their class and there are people involved with us that are kind of worried about ours. But the bottom line is we've got, we're trending toward some pretty big time commitments here in the coming days. 
Uh, so we won't be in the same situation as them. But listen, recruiting, you know, much like a great meal, is judged after it's all complete. You know, there are a lot of people out there that want to tell you how to cook and, you know, want to help you shop for some of the groceries. But the bottom line is, once you, you evaluate a class in totality, you go back when it's all said and done, and then you can say, you know what, hey, we did okay. There's no point worrying about it. I and mean, there's so many people that have so much angst about this. But the bottom line is this. You know, Mike Leach has won a lot of football games uh, before we were all offering our opinions on social media about who he should recruit. And so be patient. This is not going to be a great class. It's going to be a good class. It's not going to be a great class. It is a transition year for the staff, and it is a down year for talent in the state of Mississippi. And so as a result, you're having to kind of go expand the recruiting footprint a little bit to fill your needs. And so, again, I expect a good class. I don't expect a great class. And I think everybody needs to understand that because there's going to be so many people on signing day and say, oh, it's always been a knock on, on Leach. He hasn't been able to recruit, but you're going to see that this class probably ranks higher than any he ever had at Washington State. But by and large, this guy will do a good job for us. He's going to, be, he's going to do a great job for Mississippi State. He's going to find players. And uh, next year is a much better year in the state of Mississippi. And I think what's going to happen is people are going to kind of falsely say, well, you know, they figured it out after having a year. Well, yeah, that's part of it. But they also had better talent closer to home to recruit. And that's going to make all the difference in the world. Well, folks, it's going to do it for today. We'll be back on Friday. Just no telling what we're going to talk about on Friday. Can't wait to get me back with you guys. We'll, uh, we'll have another top ten list. And, again, if you've got suggestions, go ahead and shoot them over to me. You can find me on all forms of social media, at ScoutSteveR. And I'm happy to say that the last day of production for Alpha Dogs is in the books. And so very, very soon you're going to be able to, uh, to pre-order that book. Very, very soon. And uh, the website's all being put up. It's going to be the same. It's going to be URL, alphadogsbook.com, but it's all going to take you to the same place, the same place you found Flim Flam, the same place you found Start Villains. You're going to find it all at the same place. You can go to beautifulsteverobertson.com or you can go to starkvillainsthebook.com and uh, you can order those. And listen, we've got, listen, that's one of the things, too, I don't think people fully appreciate is that uh, you, you keep buying books, they'll print more. You know, we're not going to run out of books. And I have some people that say, hey, Steve, I, I need to get a couple copies for my old Miss brother-in-law or I need to do, you know, I want to give a gag gift. I don't care what you do with them once you buy them. But the bottom line is you can find them all. Go to startvillainsthebook.com and uh, you can order those personalized copies and we'll send those out to you. And uh, I sign books regularly. They get with me once or twice a week if necessary. And uh, and we get those books in the mail. And then um, if you're looking for Stark Villains gear, and you darn well should be, Go to StarkVillains.com and order your shirts today. StarkVillains.com. That's going to do it for today. We'll see you on Friday. But until then, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.